Oh, hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 222, Episode 1 of the Daily Zeitgeist. It's a production of iHeartRadio, and obviously, this is the podcast where we take the deepest of dives into America's shared conscious. It is, I said conscious, I mean consciousness. Sorry, y'all, I was hitting a pre-roll in the parking lot, and I'm not at my most articulate this early in the morning. It's Monday, January 31st, 2022. That means it's National Backward Day. Bust out your old crisscross fashions and jump with it. Also, it's Inspire Your Heart with Art Day. And I don't know what that means. I guess maybe just... What would you say that is, Joel? I'm sorry. I hate to just, you know, just reveal that you're the guest host. No, fucking intro. Fucking intro. Here we go. Yeah. I'm going to acquaint it to Carrie Fisher's Mend Your Broken Heart with Art. Okay. Uh, Whose heart isn't broken right now? It's chaos out there. So you, you make some art and you mend that broken heart. How do you, if you had to inspire your heart with art, what would you consume or create? I would watch one of my favorite movies, Waitress. Because okay. it's about how she makes pies to heal her broken heart and get out of an abusive relationship. And it's so perfect and it's so beautiful. And it's like the only film from that director because she was unfortunately murdered and it was really sad. Um, oh but it's a great film. So you, you got to If you haven't seen Waitress or the Broadway musical, which I think is still up right now, you should definitely go do it because it's excellent. Okay, that was a okay. That was a lot of depth to that one, and I, I might have to <laughs> check that out as well. Well, uh, let's get into it, though. I am Miles Gregg. AKA to the moon with this mother sucker. We mm. got a real zeitgeist coin going oh. down, getting down. There's a whole lot of profit going round. Bop, 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 da, 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 da. Said we never punch. Give up the punch. Ah, we never punch. Yes. Gotta stop that punch. Okay, you might have heard of Zeitcoin. Yeah, you know, we're getting into crypto. Not, oh, no. I mean, not seriously. But maybe if uh, if I can grift some of y'all, maybe we will put the Zeitcoin out. But shout out to The Brew on Discord and also Scouty Magoo. I saw you say, maybe add to the moon in the intro to keep that crypto vernacular intact. And speaking of vernacular, speaking of someone spectacular, I am thrilled to be joined by my guest co-host. You already know what time it is when I'm going to say this name. Brilliant, talented got their hands in so many different podcasts it's just a media critic uh an mc sometimes a poet and just someone who's you know whenever i need something to to watch or just get a take on a film i'm gonna ask her please welcome joelle monique you might know me as the marvel defender i think justin prefers avenger because it's actually marvel so you (laughs) you can just choose you choose your words and it's fine hi i'm really excited to be back even though uh i think i would be horrified by the news today i think it's all very scary there's all yeah (laughs) i mean hey but at least let's laugh at the hellscape huh I'm always excited to process scary news with you, though, Miles, because you, you you put perspective on it. You're like, no, it's not. It's scary, but it's not that we, we haven't been through it before. You yeah. Context. To or fear, it's scary, but like it maybe it's like it's scary and we never been through it before. Get ready, y'all, to knuckle the fuck up. <laughs> and maybe there's that, too. But at least we can do it with a smile on our face and trepidation in our hearts. But, Joel, I'm thrilled, OK, to introduce yes. our guest, a first timer. Uh, somebody we've not had on the show and someone that we are all going to have the privilege to hear for the first time. You may have heard her guest on the Guys We Fucked podcast. Maybe you know that she won the 2018 Harlem Comedy Festival. Oh, shit. Maybe you've heard her on Sirius XM. Maybe Uh. you heard her podcast, Sweet, A Lady's Guide to Bro Culture. But if not, 
then get ready because we are very, very honored to welcome for the first time the wonderfully hilarious Gina Bloom. Pew, pew, yeah. pew. Gina. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listing my meager and vague accomplishments. I hope that uh, the, the legions of fans of all of those things are, are happy to have me aboard today. Oh, they absolutely are. And I mean, those are not meager accomplishments. The only time uh, I've intersected with SiriusXM is when my free uh, subscription ran out, that like six month trial. And I'm like, damn it. I could have used was... a few more. Listen, I was yeah. on a, a talk show with a fin dom. It's a financial dom. She mm-hmm. she basically extorts men men's money for like for their sexual pleasure. And what a dream too. job! Ooh. Yeah, it was kind of inspiring. Totally. It was it was nice, and it was it wasn't at the serious studio. It was at the building where the Vivid Studios are, the Vivid Porn Studios. Oh, on Ventura? Oh. On Ventura, yeah. Yeah, I could like so the address. Look, like, yeah. that's oh, the valley. <laughs> that's the valley. I'm a valley native. I grew oh, up, yeah. all, I grew up, that's right across the street from what used to be called Sages, but now Universal City Nissan. Universal okay, by the City Nissan. In and Nissan. Out, where Gila Maxwell, got Maxwell was photographed with that book. I can tell you everything. Yeah. <laughs> where your job is your credit. The Universal yeah, City exactly. Nissan. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm a longtime that's Valley a... resident as well. So oh, that was nice, funny. Nice. But there was oh, like the audio. Indian food restaurant is up there. Or, wait, it's Bangladeshi. It's right around the corner from that. It's so good. You guys ever been to Royal Curry? I don't know. I've never no. been. I'll have to check it oh, out. Dude, yeah, check okay, it out. Sorry. I didn't jump in. That's like okay, my favorite spot. My card right there. Okay. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What were you saying? That there was noise bleed at the studio? Yeah, I was saying that there was noise bleed from from like the porn. There was porn being shot in the adjacent studio, so we were podcasting while there was porn coming through the walls, like wow. live porn. Ooh, so, atmosphere! Is that at that point? Can you get a copyright strike if you're merely trying to record your thing and there's porn sound bleeding into your recording? Like, what's what are the laws there? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I wonder what happened with that episode. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know what, uh, Gina? Oh, wait, oh, but the other thing you said, you said you've been in the Valley a long time. Are you from the Valley or where are you from? Uh, no, I'm from the state of Florida, which is interesting because we have a we have a Florida item on the news today. So I, I do yeah. have a lot of, of context for that. But I moved shortly after graduating college to L.A., lived all over town, but a lot of the time, much most of the time, floating around the Burbank, Toluca Lake Van Nuys, North Hollywood, Nexus. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where a lot, when a lot of people relocate to LA, their first place is usually in North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like yes. it's just close enough to things I need to be in, and it's just it's not so uh, exorbitantly uh, pricey that I can't. It's afford the cheapest it. place now, you can live off of the red line, like directly right. off of mm-hmm. it. And yeah. if you, you first moved to LA, so many of us didn't have cars. Just hop yeah. right on that train, you're good to go. You can go right into Hollywood. Or downtown, and pretty soon, maybe more west. Uh, yeah. Come uh, but anyway. That. Yeah, I know. Imagine if uh, Beverly Hills <laughs> let us build something through there. I actually wanted people to get to it. Oh, my God. Well, you know. You know how they think over there. They're like, mm-hmm. well, if there's a stop here, that means they can stop here. You're going to bring the riffraff up to here. You know, the rich yeah, area. Like, Y'all are the fucking riffraff. Fuck out of here. Riffraff porn out of these trains. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my, my favorite valley tradition before we get before we jump into yeah, it yeah. too much is when you would go to the movie theater at at 
Universal City Walk, but you're mm-hmm. too cheap to pay for parking, so you park at the park and ride, mm-hmm. and you walk all the way up the, up hill, the hill for like half a mile. Yep. No, I'm too fat for that. I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> Just take a lift. It, it made it made it made the journey special. Yeah. It's like you have to really work for this shitty movie. When sometimes they'll do, they'll have like the shuttle that would take you up if the park is operating because they know a right. lot of people metro in. But mm-hmm. yeah, as a, you know, my privilege growing adjacent to uh, in North Hollywood in the universe, like near Universal, they would send people like residents parking passes. So like, oh. yeah, you oh. would just ball out. You're like, oh, that's $18. I'm like, take this pink piece of paper and give me my <laughs> ticket, please. Go. I'm trying to see. Oh I'm trying to see blockers for the fourth time. That's right. I head over to the Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> exactly. Let's first give uh, the listeners what the hell we're going to be talking about today. You're right. We're going to take a little trip to Florida because Ron DeSantis is fucking angry that the the damn uh-huh. FDA is saying that a COVID treatment is ineffective, but he still wants to use it. We'll unpack why he's caping for an ineffective treatment. We'll also Checking with Nicolas Cage, who I didn't realize is it might be a goth icon. Hello? Okay. <laughs> we'll also talk about Biden's saggy polls. Ugh. See, you know, where all that energy is being directed. And, and if that's the right direction, spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, and then we'll talk about that really wonderful anti-vaxxer trucker convoy that I'm sure you've seen people be like, look how brave they are. Look at the Canadian truckers standing up for the anti-vaccine mandates. Another spoiler alert. I think it might be a neo-Nazi parade. Yes, Nazis. (laughs) But look, nothing surprising in this day and age, except for maybe this, Gina, because we want to get to know you a little bit better. So let us know what is something from your search history that reveals a little something about who you are. I'm going to say a word. You you may or may not know it. I don't want to make anyone's assumptions as to people's taste, but I didn't know it until I looked it up. And that word is Celebrimbor. Ooh. Okay, what does go it on. mean? I'm intrigued. Kella Brimbor is, uh, is a figure from The Hobbit and like Lord of the Rings, and he was the guy who built the rings. Oh. Oh. That, that you know, the Dark Lord Sauron took control of and all yes. that stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that, but like I had this idea, I was writing something, and I had like these characters that, you know, are like... Not in the Lord of the Rings. You wouldn't typically think of them. They're like gangsters and strippers. And I wanted to have a conversation that felt out of place for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what about some deep, deep J.R. Tolkien? Yeah. Just to get into Tolkien lore. Just to, just to get deep into it. Just and you're like, Sauron in. didn't make the fucking ring. That's you know right. I mean? Sauron <laughs> stole them. Exactly. He made the one ring. But he right. forced, he tricked Celebrimbor into making the others. And like, and like that was, that speaks to who I am, I guess, because I like to learn new stuff that I have no use for once I learn it. Like I have no intention to, <laughs> to right. take my, my deep trivial knowledge of Lord of the Rings, you know, Silmarillion type appendices knowledge. No, no desire to take that any further than what I got. I got Killer Brimbor off the search history. Are they, they're not taking any submissions for that writer's room for that Amazon show? You know... I think it's already one? being made. Yeah, and okay. that's the, the yeah. writer's been in that for like three years. I know yeah. Okay, well, look, I'm talking like a, a parent who knows nothing about show business. <laughs> They're like, you know, I saw that Amazon's making a Lord yeah, of the Rings. The you should try calling them. Do you have time? And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that the Kelda Brimbor stuff is going to be in there. So, like, I, I may have to go even deeper Got next you. time. 
Man, yeah, go so, way deep into it. Okay, so but that reveals some. You you fuck with Tolkien. Yeah, we uh, when we first were like sort of reading about the show being announced and we saw some of the the titling for the new Amazon series. Mm-hmm. I was like, what what is this? And then I was quickly told it's from the appendices. Then the appendices, yo. That's right. What's That's in right. there? Is that a is that like a its own book or it's not like an yeah, appendices you know, in the back of a book, right? Cuz I only have I'm very again, limited knowledge. I don't really know that much about it because my research was just, you know, based on this this urge to make my criminals really into Tolkien. But like <laughs> there's like a whole like book called The Silmarillion that has like all of like these other things that happened before Lord of the Rings, the main mm-hmm. series that we all saw. So there's like there's jewels and there's enchanted trees and there's like dragons and stuff that just we never we never heard about. So there's a whole Whole thing yeah. going on. They got stuff to work with. It sounds like they got stuff to work with, and they got hand drawn maps and hand drawn like, maps, yeah. annotated histories. <laughs> and Tolkien, he was deep in this universe. He a whole new language. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this series. Like Loki, I did want a tattoo and Elvish. Nice. I thought it's of a doing beautiful that. script. I know. I was like, that shit looked cool. And then I was like, well, I don't even know the movie that well. I just saw the shit. And I was like, that would be sick if I put like the Valley or something like 1984 yeah. uh, gangster <laughs> in Elvis. <laughs> 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 hey, that'd right. be actually a cool thing for your, your gangster uh, people. They're yes. like, oh, I'm not down with it. I need, and just, yeah, that's right. I need like, Legolas under it hitting a full squat. Like just. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> like a like a prison squat. Like hand. Yeah, like, yeah. Low. Yeah, oh, yeah, like him yes. and Gimli for sure. Oh, nice. that's not nice because you don't want Gimli to squat too. You know what I mean? It should be him <laughs> and like a seal door or something. All right, whatever. Look, this is us just vibing right now. I We're do have to vibing. ask everybody. That's what we do. What's the fate? What's your, what's y'all's favorite moment in the in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Like a, a moment that you like to watch, or you're like, "Fuck, man, okay, I like this." Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I do love me some Shadow Facts. Mm-hmm. The twitches, mm-hmm. which is Gandalf's horse, because mm-hmm. he gets his own name, and yep. he's you know he's showing him the the meaning of swiftness. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of when the Witch King of Angmar dies. Mm. Gets, yes. gets the sword stuffed in his face mm-hmm. because she is no man. Yes, that's pretty cool. I enjoy that, and I like the giant elephant thingies. Oh the, hell yeah! In the in the last battle, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for that. Okay, okay, Joel, what about you? I'm gonna say all ten endings from the last movie. Because it's one of my most memorable, it's like my top five memorable experiences at the movie theater. Because I could be like, and that's it. No, it's still going. There's some more. And I feel like I do that for a full hour. I was like, there's so much of this movie and it's so great. And every time I think the Eddie's over, it's not. But I love it because there's something new to explore. But if I had to pick just one, it's like you bow to no man because I cry every time. Mm. I think it's really beautiful. What mm-hmm. a like lovely sign of respect after all the shit. They, like you rarely get a moment so cathartic for your hero where you're like, wow. They yeah. really honor what what sacrifices were just made. It's so good. Mine is when Theoden says, "Is this it? Is this all you can conjure, Saruman?" <laughs> and I just like the way he says Saruman. <laughs> like it almost uh, it's yeah, a like, shady line, and I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I fuck with." And see, <laughs> that's how dumb my like memory retention is. I'm like, I love when he says it. Is this it? Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> is this little, your king? Yeah. Yeah. Little nerd talk for the listeners, real quick. Uh, Gina, what's something you think is overrated? The North Face. Mm. Oh, I think okay. That, I think I think the North Face is overrated. To be to be hundred percent honest, I got a couple of things listed, but that one that one jumped out at me right away. Now we're talking about my, the clothing company, not the North Face of an actual mountain. Yes, the North Face clothing okay. company. Like, okay. I 
And I got some. I got a pair of shoes there, and I got and I have a coat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I I used to live in Brooklyn, so you have to have a North Face jacket. Right, mm-hmm. you gotta have that. You live jacket. in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. gotta have it. But like, it just you know, it's just just ski clothes. That's all it is. It's ski clothes. <laughs> it's clothes for skiing, and like everyone's wearing them. But like you're supposed to ski with them, and like this seems. I don't know. I don't know. I I I, I like wanna, it's overkill. I it's overkill. I want to see a little more imagination in in my you know my street fashions. I just think that yeah, I think that North Face is just you know it, it's it's played out. I'm feeling it. That's anyway. Yeah. I, I feel like there's just too much North Face out there. Okay, it's like the Midwest uniform, which is like you know a pair of black leggings, some brown UGG boots, mm-hmm. and like you know a cream colored sweater, maybe you know mm-hmm. something like a very basic or one of the classic like navy blue North Face fleece. Also can go with that outfit. You know, Mm -hmm. I get, I get some people don't desire to be creative in their wardrobe and that's a choice, you know, but I agree with you that if we're going to go like style wise, like this is functional clothing. It's not Mm -hmm. artistically expressive in any way. So yeah. Yeah. You get to choose what's on your body and like every day, the North Face, that's choices. Choices have been made. Look, as someone who grew up in a very hot place, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I love, I love a puffer jacket. Because I can't wear them here. Uh, but you're damn sure if I go anywhere that's like below yeah. fucking like 60 degrees, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get the North Face. I, got, I don't have a North oh, Face. Yeah. However, I will say this. If you like North Face, they had a fleece version of their Nupsy jacket, whereas fleece Ooh. on the outside, that shit looked kind of cool to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, it's not right. a yeah. North Face podcast, but I get it. It's a little bit <laughs> overkill. Uh, what else do you have as overrated? The slack. I just, I, I, it's basically just aim for business oh. people. Peace. <laughs> right. Preach. Mm. Gina, preach. Yeah. We have, okay, I, I have a day job. And mm. they were talking about how this client was getting upset about using email. And like, there was this thread in the Slack channel where they're like, email is just so retro. We should, we should give them a Slack channel. And I'm like, guys, come on. You're just, you're just aiming them. You're just texting them. Yeah. Like, it's not. Slack isn't this thing that like revolutionizes shit. It's just a little, it's a little application you can talk on. Right. Yeah. It's also the great distractor. Like, yes, it absolutely just creates more chaos. They're like, no, like all your thoughts will be organized and neater in this platform. But what really happens is now not only do I check my email and my text Mm -hmm. messages, but also I'm constantly being pinged by Slack. And because humans are humans, often it's not about work. And now I'm pissed. What are you dragging me into? I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. I hate Slack. I So when I was in freelance, every different place I was freelancing had their own individual Slack and they all expected you to check it 24-7. I have ADD, so obviously that didn't work. It was chaos. I hated it. Yeah. I Every time, it's funny, like, whenever there I've been in a company with Slack, I just don't use it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I, I wish... I wish Yo, I could you do this email me. Thing. You can either yeah. like we use Slack. I'm like, well, I don't. So yeah. let's just fucking find me because I can't I can't do my work and constantly have people asking like the most microscopic questions constantly and have to answer in real time. But anyway, shout out to the sponsor Slack. Uh, we love yeah, you. good old Slack. <laughs> well, Gina, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, I got a couple things on the underrated. Okay, uh, how to with John Wilson. I'm a big oh. fan. I don't think uh, people see it. Yeah, but. I will, I will, I will spread the, the good this? word about how to with John Wilson. It's oh, a documentary John, well, show. On we get HBO. to tell you about something. Yeah, yeah. Please, educate me. I'm ready. Let her know. All right. So, how to with John Wilson is this documentary show. It's on HBO. They just wrapped a second season, and he basically 
makes he goes out and he, and he and his guys they go out and they shoot a bunch of just random footage of like people doing weird stuff around New York City. And then he makes one of these video essays where he's just talking about, okay, well, here's how you find a great parking spot. And it turns into this weird philosophical rumination about what good parking actually means to you. Mm -hmm. oh Meanwhile, there's like all these like really charming, like, because they shoot so much footage, there's this really charming like montages of like stuff going around and it sort of fits in. Sometimes they tell little jokes like where they, they have like this thing about making friends and you go from like, these various businesses with a number of guys in the titles, like one guy, two guys, three guys, and eventually he gets to the five guys burger place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just really charming. And then he'll do like these little, these little interview packages with like these, these eccentrics that are like doing like whatever weird thing is related to the topic. And this is a really cool. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And it makes me miss Brooklyn because it's shot. A lot of it is shot in the neighborhood I used to live in. So I get to oh, see wow. like my old street. And I get to see, like, you know, my old, like, favorite restaurants as he's walking by. So I get a little nostalgia. Aww. And I get a little bit of, like, you know, artsy-fartsy video essay stuff going on. And it's it's a cool thing. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. There's something about it, too. Like, to your point, he, he also has, like, the budget to, like, really indulge his curiosity. Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. in the very first episode, uh, he'll go, like, he goes, like, Cancun for spring break by himself. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. like. He's just like documenting it and like just saying his thoughts. And then he ends up like kind of seeing this one guy a couple times and yes. they just start talking. And he's just very much just like just kind of letting his own curiosity lead it. And by the end, like this guy's revealing a lot about like why this guy, this other guy went to came down to Cancun by himself. And he's like a really heavy story. So it's like it, it really it hits like a full spectrum of emotions every time you'll like laugh and then you'll kind of be like, damn, mm -hmm. that was kind of heavy. And then you're like, that was beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, it's all very it's it's very well, well crafted. I, yeah. I haven't seen the, uh, all of the second season yet, but I heard Got to see the second season is really good, too. He gets yeah. more into his personal history. But yeah, definitely check it out. How to with John Wilson. I think all of the episodes are on HBO Max now. So, yeah. Oh, he did yeah. How to Walk How to Manhattan. OK. Yeah. All right, so long-term documentary filmmaker gets TV show where he just goes to explore his curiosities. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and, and like Nathan Fielder, I think, is like that was like behind getting the show right. made and things like that. So if you like Nathan, for you, this will have a, a similar, not necessarily aesthetic, but it's in that that universe. I would say because it's totally. like just showing yeah. like we we will find these authentic eccentric people these and eccentrics doing their own thing. And yep. Just let it roll. The foreskin restoration guy was a uh, episode to not watch with your parents. Yeah, foreskin was... restoration, <laughs> and I don't even want to tell you how we get there. But you, the episode doesn't say that's what. It, the based on the title, you're not going to be like you're not going to know. Oh, it. I'm going to see someone try and restore their foreskin. It's but gone. You, I think you have to there. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gone. It's honey. over. And oh I think, and I think most. Folks who possess or formerly possessed the foreskin and had it surgically removed when they were younger are probably okay with that. But this guy had a movement, had an idea. He wants yeah. the foreskin back. And he's okay. And John, he's just there to document everything. He's not asking for anything. And the guy's just like, You want to see something? And you're like, Oh, huh? And because he says yes to everything, it takes you on a number of journeys. So mm -hmm. prepare yourself. Like the show, it, 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 can, it can go to fuck, like I said. The, the full spectrum. It's all That's there. That's thrilling. I yeah. love it. Takes you all right. places. 
Well, yes, that's a fantastic underrated. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk some Florida shit. And we are back. Monoclonal antibody treatments. They've they've had a pretty pretty big day in the last or actually pretty big week. Previously, it was it was proven to be pretty effective against the Delta variant in terms of like a COVID mm-hmm. uh, therapeutic treatment and did help to save lives. But now that Omicron is the dominant variant in the country, researchers, the FDA, they're saying, you know what, let's pause some of these shipments of things like Regeneron uh, and these other treatments, because it turns out they're not even close in terms of efficacy when it comes to this new variant. So really no point in using these because they are ineffective. That's what the scientists are saying. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis is pissed, screaming mad about it for some reason. And again, I just want to say (laughs) this man is angry that an ineffective treatment is no longer being used. Okay, and I just want to I guess I'll play a quick excerpt of a press conference that he gave where he was acting like the fucking the dream was collapsing in on him and he didn't know how to save everyone. Uh, So let's first hear from Governor Ron DeSantis on why this is just a bunch of BS baloney. So you have all these issues that could be addressed. And so what do they choose to do with their time? They choose to pull the rug out of uh, elderly patients, most of whom, almost all of them have been vaccinated uh, and say you don't have access uh, to this treatment. So we're going to fight back against this because this is just wrong. This is not the way you know, that you help people. And our view is people have a right to access these treatments and to revoke it on this basis is just fundamentally wrong. And we're going to fight back. Oh, Ooh, I love oh. a spin doctor. Right. I love a spin doctor. He said awesome. they're hurting the elderly. Mm-hmm. Completely glossing over the point that it doesn't help. Like, yeah. what a... Well, what? It work. Yeah. Right. And I, I think it was interesting, right? He's saying that revoking access on the basis that the treatment is ineffective is bullshit. <laughs> like, let's really, let's really unpack that. Because also the key word here is access, right? That means consumptions. The consumption. Yes. That means profits yeah. for a drug company. You know, for a drug company that one of his top donors has a significant stake in. One of his top donors, I mean, who's given over $10 million over the course of his career, has a, fe- has a, a like runs a hedge fund that holds stock in the company that makes Regeneron. Mm-hmm. So that might be a reason that he would be like, wow, why are we suddenly saying this? We can't use the thing that has turned out to be bullshit. Like at this point, honestly, hydroxychloroquine may be better than Regeneron at fighting <laughs> Omicron. But, you know. That's that's where he's found himself. And DeSantis has been pushing like the treatments whole thing. Like we just need more clinics with, that are offering these these uh, pharmaceutical drugs, because I think for him, it's a win win. Right. To just push the, yeah. the therapeutics because he gets to flout CDC guidelines that keep people safe and also appear like the big, strong guy that he isn't, as well as creating like a constantly expanding pool of people that will need treatments due to infection. It's win fucking win. So I also want to check in with another politician who has ties to some pharma stock. Kind of said, oops, I didn't actually disclose that my wife bought some stock in a company that makes remdesivir, another COVID-19 drug. Anyway, he went a step further than Ron DeSantis and is out here saying this is a straight up fucking murder conspiracy from Joe Biden. 
of the people who think we're a bunch of rubes in flyover country and they have utter disdain for us. These are the people who would actually limit our access to treatment for COVID. They are right now, as we speak, limiting monoclonal antibodies being sent to Florida. Too many deplorables, too many Republicans, too many conservatives are getting sick. And so their way, their way to punish us is by not sending treatment. And I think it's abominable. And uh, I think it's brought out the worst in people. Um, you know, I've known people who died from COVID and I've seen liberals stomping on their grave and just laughing hysterically that a conservative <laughs> died from COVID. And I would never, ever do that. For oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. I mean, maybe there is some metaphorical sea walking on the grave that I've seen on Twitter. You know, oh, like there, sure. yeah. there are there are those posts that are merely going conservative talk show host who was railing against vaccines and mandates mm-hmm. dies of COVID. Yeah, that I I understand like that. There, there, there are stories pointing that out. But this idea that it's like they're just trying to kill people, you know, that, that's that's what this whole thing is about, I think, is a really, really absurd notion. But again, that's. Rand, he's, you know, he, he's gone a little cuckoo for a while now. Like, we kind of know that Rand Paul is sort of the, the sort of unholy mix between, like, self-assured white guyness and just batshit crazy right. talk. But, like, with DeSantis, it's a little different because, you know, he's, he didn't start that way. And he just sort of, like, adopted the Trumpiness because he wanted to win and he was running against Republican moderates. Right. When he was first elected, he wasn't even he didn't even think he was going to win. He he didn't. So he tacked to the right of the guy that they thought was going to win. And now he's now he's sort of I don't know how much I, I, I not in the guy said I can't say what he believes and what he doesn't. But like right. he's he's sort of like stuck now play acting this this like Trumpy right wing. You know, vax libertarian denier type personality and it's worked for him so he's of course he's going to stick with it and yeah. i think it's true that, that there's a financial incentive by being you know invested in stock with these companies but i honestly you know the the political gain he gets off of just sort of threading the needle he gets to tell people don't don't take vaccines because those will kill you even though the pill and the you know and the monoclonal antibodies are made by the same pharmaceutical companies put out, you know, in the same sort of distribution network. Mm-hmm. So how is how is vaccines a, a conspiracy to, you know, fuck with America, but the same company coming out with pharmaceuticals to treat COVID <laughs> after the fact? Not, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right. but it doesn't have to. I don't trust Pfizer. I trust Gilead right. and Eli Lilly. You're like, <laughs> exactly, what? Yeah. But okay, They're all the sure. same thing, sure. Right, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that he starts off, he's like, he's so concerned about people being sick, right? He's sort of using that to gain Mm -hmm. some emotional traction with the viewer. Like, I mean, like, there are people dying, but he won't back prevention, right? It's never, hey, keep yourself from getting sick, because I I would be terrible to get sick. But his whole thing is like, nah, man, well, because again, like, prevention isn't profitable, so fuck that. He's like, yeah, man, it's like, like when they're sick, then we give a fuck about Mm -hmm. them, because then they can uh, get a little bit of of money trickling that way. But yeah, it, it is a very uh, difficult thing to watch. And I think like with DeSantis, yeah, he definitely found, he caught a little wave. He, he thought he could yeah. ride to the governor house. You know, it reminds me of when Miley Cyrus made that album with Mike Will made it. And then suddenly was like, I don't do hip hop. <laughs> but you know what? You found a lane, you rode the That's wave right. to where you had to. And then you're like, Skirt! like, let me take it to the further right or whatever you have to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, it is just like, just so transparently, 
opportunistic. Like yes. when you hear that they both said access to treatment, which means subsidies, which means yeah. money. It's not and to a treatment that doesn't work and logically shouldn't because it's not antibodies from Omicron. If Omicron's the thing that people have and your antibodies are from another version of the disease, of course it's not going to rest just but right. And that they're and the variation within the the, the the viruses themselves, it's like, yeah, that one's very specific to that mm-hmm. one. This is new. It's called a health emergency. And yeah. that's what things fucking change and we have to mm-hmm. fucking adapt. But you know. And obviously they know that, like because neither yeah, of, of them is stupid. So then my question is, do you think they get a high like gambling with people's lives like this? Mm, I don't know if they get a high, but it's clear that if they do the like chest out ignorant guy like macho shit that resonates mm-hmm. you know and i think yeah. that's and i think more than like being like yeah people are gonna fucking die it's more like yeah man my fucking numbers are going up my clicks are going more more engagement better mm. polling and i think that's what and they have no complete disregard for what like the the actual repercussions are yeah. of that kind of rhetoric you know that's a really interesting like way to view them because not only does it like take the evil sting out of them but it also sort of begs the question of like if this is a popularity contest which it seems is sort of like you're here for being cheered on like you kind of need those people to live and they're kind of Mm -hmm. like dying in impressive numbers like it is sort of frightening how many people who are not vaccinated are still getting like really really sick and and like I just I don't understand the end game here it's like no we're just never going to deal with it and we'll just keep going about our business and we'll keep dying you all can't last forever. It just, well, right. I don't understand that, I how this that, works. That's inherently the absurdity of this sort of version of like mm-hmm. gaining power, you know, because if you were thinking like logically, they they don't, it would be like, well, how do I appeal to like the the largest group possible? But here it's like, no, we're all in on basically doing like maybe a version of what Trump did is get like racists yeah. and like ethno nationalists so fired up that they can't annoy people in general. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it's interesting that you bring up Trump because I think with the Santas it's that's a big deal for him because now Trump is pro booster, he's pro vaccine. Mm-hmm. Mostly because he wants to take credit for the vaccines in the first place. Right. So now so now DeSantis is thinking, you know, he wants to run for president, doesn't you know, doesn't want to wait. Mm-hmm. So he has to find a position somewhere not in Trump's lane. So now he's got this really like specific thing where it's like, oh, vaccines, no, but these other things are okay, cool. Right. It just to give him a little bit of brand differentiation from Trump. And yeah, he's like, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about, you know, my booster status. I'm yeah, boosted, exactly. but yeah, but of yeah, course. It, well, he's it, not going to talk. And of course he's not. Yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, Joe, I don't know if it's if, you know, they very well could be completely sadistic and they're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I fucking love this shit. Like, they're so dumb, Mm -hmm. like they die, whatever. Like, but also benefits for me. It's all good. And I'm sure on some level they do understand that. So I don't think they have to. They have to at the very least understand, like, because they're vaccinated. (laughs) They're vaccinated. Yeah, they have to understand. But I think that's where, yeah, you're like, but I'm on this team. So I have to say I have to read from this script which is completely antithetical to keeping a group of people healthy and alive, but it helps keep some pharmaceutical stock up. And it helps keep their pockets lined, which I think, you know, to your point earlier, like that's all that really matters. They have more money than they have the day before and they're good with that. 
Yeah. Well, but so what if yeah. So what if all their supporters die and they don't go to office? I'm a millionaire now and I can just do I can just ignore all of the ills of the world in the my The private you know? sector is just waiting for me to quit, baby. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I'll never be without money. I am not worried about it. And and you know, if if their voters die, they'll just change the election laws so they can just write yeah. into the guys. Oh, we'll just redraw like, some yeah. some lines. You're redraw right. some maps. They're like, you know totally. what? Ghosts get three votes now. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> what? Republican ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts get three votes? They're like, I'm oh, you want to disrespect the memory of the dead? You're like, I'm sorry, they don't participate in our living Okay. Uh, which I'm sure look, I I every I say so many jokey things like that, but who knows when they're gonna be like, you know, actually if you had a loved one who passed away and you kinda know who they would vote for mm-hmm. uh due to COVID, their vote's still gonna count because we wanna honor them. Okay. We all got to become Scooby Doo and try to unmask the ghosts. Be yeah. like, right. "Nah, we see exactly. you, Desantis." Like, right? Get it out of was here. Desantis the whole time. Like, <laughs> damn, Speaking of, you know, absurdity, let's also talk about Biden's saggy poll numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't they're like not the title great. for this segment. You know, I... <laughs> saggy, saggy polls. Sorry, had to do it to him. Look, the poll numbers aren't great. They're better not than Trump's. All. That doesn't take much. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. also like in a very intense period of partisanship uh, in this country, yeah. it turns mm-hmm. out. So, you know, polls mm-hmm. polls are kind of affected in a number of ways. But there's a new poll that shows like a large majority of Americans are experiencing pandemic fatigue. Yeah, fucking no shit. The whole mm-hmm. world is. But also within that, you're talking about how, you know, a lot of people feel that Biden is not doing enough as it relates to handling the pandemic. I would say that's also true. Also true. Yeah. And. I'll, I'll like there. I've you see a lot of write ups whenever it relates to his poll numbers. There is like this common attack that you see coming at like progressives or like leftist politics or something, and that's the problem with like you know that's why the Democrats can't get anything done, which mm-hmm. used to be effective. Like I get it. They 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 tried that the midterms were like or the mm-hmm. last election. They're like you know the defund the police thing was just too much. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that's why we can't <laughs> listen to these people anymore yeah. uh, and just mm-hmm. go go to the right, but. I'm like, what exactly are progressives asking for that is fucking up the agenda? Because last time I checked, living wages, abortion access, expanded LGBTQ rights, uh, child tax credits, climate change policy, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that were extremely popular with uh, with Americans, despite what with the majority of people. Yeah. Yeah. And that also means Republicans. You know, what yeah. I mean, if 67 percent of the country is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking with this and you're equally polling Republicans, Democrats, independents, whatever, that means that these policies are widely palatable mm-hmm. for many people. And these are things that activists, progressives, whatever, they have been fighting for. And now they're very mainstream ideas. These aren't like fringe concepts to be like, yeah, we should be humane to the citizens of this country. And again, last time I checked, it was cinema and mansion that were fucking up the party. And I don't think those are Honestly, let's refocus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, who are we talking about right now? What are we talking about? So and then, you know, the media will say stuff like, well, you know, if the maybe if Build Back Better wasn't too so progressive, it wouldn't be unpalatable to cinema and mansion. You're like, hmm? A banana's fucking thing to say when it's so clear how much reform is needed, like immediately Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not a day later. (laughs) Like, we are so it's particularly infrastructure has been a thing like in high school. I was talking about like the infrastructure needs of this country and we haven't seen any kind of overhaul or major 
like shift to address a lot of these issues and we're constantly hearing about like how dangerous our bridges are nationwide it's an issue um think about what happened in in pennsylvania right before biden was to visit to give a talk on infrastructure Mm -hmm. a bridge fucking collapse collapse. yeah it's dangerous for the left to ignore it too because the right is starting to move in that direction they're starting to Mm -hmm. they're starting to be like hey you know what poor people are getting fucked over but they're but they're changing the message mm-hmm. to to shift the blame to other positions. They're like they're taking this sort of like groundswell effect, this sort of like you said, ethno nationalism, this like quasi fascist type of thinking, where the problem, the reason why the poor is getting fucked over, is because of immigration, because of the things, mm-hmm. not because of the things that that progressives say is the cause, but the the effect is the same. They're both talking about the poor getting fucked over and not having their wages increase and having you know, money concentrated in the hands of elites. They're really going after the same thing. They should be going after the same thing, but the, you know, the centrist Democrats don't, they don't want to do that. They're like, they're, they've got this weird, like trauma about, you know, going too far left because they're they're still not over Carter. Right. Or trauma (laughs) or that we're just so entrenched in a corporatocracy, you Mm, know, like we've got this serfdom, every, every issue that we have, like economically, it's just that the way the system is made, it can't, it just cannot move in that direction. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we're at this stage now where like it's burned through most of the population. And now a majority of people are like, what the fuck is yeah. happening here? Like, this is all kinds of mm-hmm. fucked up. And but now the wrong people are, are sending that message and they're, and it's catching on. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Like, you know, the, the, the new right, the ultra right is they're they're going populist. They're talking yeah. about poverty. They're talking about, you know, wages being unequal. They're talking about, Things that regular people have been talking about for decades now that Republicans, but they're still not. Address- I mean, unless I, I listen, they're not really. But they're, I'll say they're, right. Okay, they're, <laughs> they're talking about it. They're making it the centerpiece of their. If you listen to like Tucker Carlson, and I know that's tough mm-hmm. to do because that guy yeah. sucks. <laughs> but like the core of his message now is that it's all anti elitism. It's all about you know the common you know person getting what they deserve. It's all. A, that's they're using this sort of like groundswell kind of like Hungarian fascist model to bring mm-hmm. support from the bottom up by but they're selling it in this very Republican way. And that's dangerous because traditionally it's been very easy to run against Republicans because like, oh, they're all about the stock market. They're all about getting rich. And they are. But now they're also you know using this language of progressivism in their own way. Right. And it's taking the message away from us. That continues to happen. Like, it, that, it's a smart tactic, too. And I think mm-hmm. I would say that we find ways to do it as well. Particularly, like, I would say, like, centrist Democrats. Have found, like, how do we talk to, like, white racists so they, like, listen to us? Like, like trying to adapt one another's language in order to yeah, communicate. That, right. But they're better at it, though, is, is the problem. The centrist I Democrats have can't fight not, you on that. have not <laughs> done a good job. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they 100%. The They're direction. like, should we go f- more towards fascism? You're like, no, ass- what? What right. are you talking about? What, what are you, what do you stand for? And it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, we had a guest on last week, Amanda Moore, who went undercover, like with the MAGA world and Q world mm-hmm. and, you know, attended a lot of events. And like, to your point, they're saying things like, hey, man, it doesn't matter if you don't know shit and you didn't go to college or you don't have a, like a job or anything. We're going to show you how you can contr- like help contribute yeah. to, you know, maintaining this American dream. We'll, we'll get you taught up on how to run for school board and things like that. And, yeah, the message is sort of like it's 
arms are open. But Democrats are like, oh, what the fuck? So these working people need more assistance? What yeah. the fuck is that? That's not a winning message at all. Like, like going back on a lot of these campaign promises are not going to work. And I think, no. you know, it's it's no wonder that there was a lot of pressure from activists from like every kind of activism sphere being like, why isn't the administration giving like free tests out or masks? Mm -hmm. And then they finally did. And people that poll numbers kind of went up because we were like, oh, wow, the bare minimum. Yeah, and before people were like, this isn't like, what do these progressives want? Just just honestly, like uh, most activists are more in tune with what the lived experience is of most people. Mm -hmm. So listen to them, you know, and they, they might give you they might help your little fucking saggy polls. Yeah. Because those activists are generally not super rich themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And they're not coming from consulting firms that, like, right. you know, have an agenda to find a, a certain conclusion to a study, et cetera. So it's it's just another day in this wonderful country. OK, you know what? Let's actually take a quick break just to spread our wings a little bit. And we'll come back to cause we just need to talk about our our goth king, Nick Cage. Uh, we'll absolutely. do that right after this. And we're back. If I said Nicolas Cage was a goth, would that track with either of you? It would make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it depends on how you're envisioning a goth, but like he seems like a, a softcore goth, you know? Okay. He's not that. giant chunky boots and, and heavy black makeup, but he probably, I could hear him listening to death metal and, you know, I don't know, reading marks. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. soft goth. <laughs> okay, I like I, that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Two important details from Nicolas Cage. When the man had the money, he bought a dinosaur skeleton. Very sure did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Very goth. <laughs> I like that. And when given, you know, the Marvel canon to, to be a, a hero, he picked Ghost Rider. Very goth. Very goth. Yeah. Very goth. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, damn. See, I'm glad I got two experts with me here. Well, he just did an interview <laughs> with the LA Times, and he discussed all kinds of things like his career, his relationship with his unky Francis Ford Coppola, mm -hmm. his kids and, you know, even his new role playing Dracula in the upcoming uh, film called Renfield. And the thing I wasn't aware of, again, is that he's a bit of a goth. He talks about his pets. And this is where he starts revealing his goth cred. He says he also has a crow named Hoogan, H-O-O-G-A-N, who lives in a geodesic dome at Cage's mm -hmm. home in Las Vegas. This is a quote from Nick Cage. He has taken to calling me names. It's comical. At least it is to me. When I leave the room, he'll say bye and then go, ass. Ha <laughs> ha. Crows are very intelligent and I like their appearance. The Edgar Allan Poe aspect. I like the goth element. I am a goth. <laughs> oh. This is the greatest. Nice. Nice. I can't believe I didn't see this before. I really love the idea of Nick Cage in his Las Vegas home, right? Mm -hmm. Is right. he one of those Vegas people who is constantly watering their lawns? So they have like a lush green lawn and water quickly disappears? Or is he like embracing the desert aesthetic where it's like right. all, uh, mm. what do you call, I forget what you call Good those question. plants that grow in the desert. Su uh, succulents, cactus. There you go. Low Does water, he have a succulent garden, proof? which to me, beautiful. And I also like that he has a geodome for his crow? For What's hell, in yeah. there? Is he just throwing, like, rabbit carcasses in there? Listen, an entire movie on this alone. Like, I just mm -hmm. want to see him get into his house. Like, his crow speaks, which I didn't know crows could do. Do they speak? Or is he just imagining this crow is calling him an ass? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. 
I, <laughs> I, I don't I think know. I found his for his home on Zillow, and it looks yes. like it looks like Lex Luthor's fuck pad. Yes, it does. Okay, perfect. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna perfect. put it in the yeah. chat so you can see it. Now, I, the, this is his former home that was listed at the like this last summer in 2021. So I don't know if that's the same as what he's got now, but this house definitely is is not goth. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to take your goth card, sir. If you're living, oh, that is not goth at all. Yeah, no, that 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 looks like Kim Kardashian's house. That is very ungoth. Very ungoth. What do you think his definition of goth is? Because clearly he's like, I like a crow, like Edgar Allan Poe. I'm goth. Like it also just feels like he just said that. You know what I mean? The talking crow, very goth. Mm -hmm. The miniature Epcot Center for the crow to live in, not too goth. I don't know. Something squishy goth. Like, have you guys ever seen like the the goth girls who like all their goth gear is pink? So it's the same kind of mm-hmm. like giant metal thing. I think goths come in a beautiful array. Yeah, and true. I also feel true. like if you just identify, like I believe he has a dark soul. You know what I mean? Right. Like oh, yeah. goths are some of the squishiest people, but their souls are dark. They think yeah. about like dark things a lot. And listen, I think if you're gonna keep a crow in your house, there's a little goth in you. Absolutely. I agree. But the crow lives in Epcot Center, so he he mixes it up a little bit. He's a Disney goth. What's a a more goth thing, like a skull cage or something? Yeah, or just like some like wrought iron like cage that you could trace its lineage back, you know, Mm -hmm. to the to the Carpathian Mountains, something like that. Oh shit! Right. He's like, this is actually. purported to be like part of like a, a melted down collection of swords Vlad the Impaler had. Exactly. Yes. And you're like, oh, yes. okay. It's like, I- I'm looking at this. This actually it's stamped. This says made in China That's on right. the back. That's well, right. You it's, bought it. Geez, the, the, they make them all over. Anthropology sells it. Yeah. I would love to scam <laughs> Nicholas Cage on some fake goth shit. Too, oh, no. I mean, I, I, I want to say maybe one of his dinosaur skeletons was fake. So I think I think the man can be scammed. Yeah, maybe it's already happened, right? I yeah. will say, though, he's not nuts. Birdsadvice.com says, yes, crows can talk in the same way as parrots do, using their cernix, which is basically their vocal cords, to mimic words and sounds they hear and repeat them. Despite not mm. always being so close to humans, they're pretty good at mimicking human speech without any mutilating, which is wild. If a crow ever spoke to me, that's it. Like, I'll die. Yeah. I'll that straight would, fall yeah. on the ground. Don't speak to me, crow. I'm already afraid of birds. I can't. <laughs> That, Did you no, see that, that one TikTok? I don't know if y'all are on TikTok a lot, but there's a TikTok like that came out like six months ago that blew up about this lady who, or I don't know if it was, I, I forget who, who the person was, but this person like befriended a fucking crow and they were just like first like kind of feeding the crow and Loki, the crow like was always just checking for this person and eventually just like would fly on this person's shoulder and they're like, wow. oh my God, the crow fucking with me. I can't believe this shit. And it was one... It was like, I got so excited of the idea of, like, having a loyal crow. Mm. Um, maybe I'm goth, too. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean. You could be a little goth. I think I'm more health goth. Health you know? goth. What is a health goth? I mean, that sounds fascinating. That's like a whole sub, like, fashion style of goth. Of, like, it's more, like, fashion, like, black fat. Like, yes. Like, you're wearing, like, like life's, like, uh, active wear, but it's more goth. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Goth yeah. Active wear. I'm goth active. The yeah. Lululemon goth collection. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of something to bless you out. Then you pull up in some Lululemon. You're like, hold on. Lululemon collaborating with Hot Topic. We got we got the whole mall represented here. Come right. On. You got a Jack, you got Jack Skellington, Lululemon uh, yoga pants. Okay. You got something going on. You got it. 
The another thing that was really funny from this interview too is like there's this moment where he's talking about his inspiration, like in how he's in a model. He's playing Dracula mm-hmm. in a fucking comedy horror. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about his research for this role, this is what he was saying. He's, he's such an artist. The key, I think, is movement. I saw a movie called Malignant, and the director James Wan and the actress Annabelle Wallace created this choreography that was terrifying. So I'm hoping to do something like that, where Dracula can either glide or move like Sadako in Ringu. <laughs> All right. Love it. Amazing. Love it. Love it that love it that he cites Sadako and Ringu and not, you know, the 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 ring. Not not the not the name yeah. Watts. Yep, yep, he, he goes yep. OG. Yeah. He's just fucking Again, goth. Yeah. Very goth. Right. Yeah. I fuck it. So he's an icon, you know. Who would have thought? I look forward to seeing what movements Nicolas Cage has come up with if he did it by himself or if he got a movement coach to help guide him. <laughs> this sounds like it's gonna be amazing. I hired the <laughs> Jabberwockies, uh <laughs> experts in dance and movement to, so I could glide. Watch, he's like getting a sick ass glide though, like he's dancing, like his Dracula. He's like really glide stepping. That might be actually something uh, worth. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'll, I would. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I'm gonna be there. Oh, yeah. Just the same as I'm gonna be there next Friday when that movie where they throw aliens throw the moon at Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen- oh, day one. Day yeah, one. Absolutely. So absolutely. excited about that. That's yeah. that's that level of commitment from me. Nicholas Cage, okay. Dracula. Aliens throwing the moon at the earth day one. I'm going to be there. there for that. We're and you got to respect the man's like movie choices recently. Like he was Spider-Man Noir and Into the Spider. Very mm-hmm. instantly mm-hmm. iconic for the kids. Way to like just welcome yourself to that generation. Then he did Primal, which was horrifyingly like gruesome and amazing. And then Pig, which I haven't seen yet, but the reviews are out of this world. So Pig is great. Yeah. Yeah. Check out Color Out of Space, another Nicolas Cage recent movie. It's his, it's his uh, removing the rampant racism, but yet still doing H.P. Lovecraft type thing. Right. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's, he is versatile. You know, he's been in a Coen Brothers film. He's won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. He's got like, you know, he's no slouch with it, but he just sort of became a meme over the years because he's had some memeable performances and you can't Absolutely. blame him for that. And also, I guess, I guess it is kind of goth to like, be like deny that you're part of a really dynastic famous family and be like that's <laughs> yeah, not that, me i'm nicholas cage me. ignore my it's, driver's license where it says right. nicholas coppola <laughs> fame fame is the cage therefore i am nicholas cage <laughs> i would say even the name choice of cage is uh it's pretty good right. pretty good oh yeah. wow wow yeah okay well, I'm, I'm glad i got some we, we got to drill that down because yeah uh nicholas cage come out with some like a goth line I'm sure people will Hell uh, yeah. will be like, what the fuck is this? And then some people are like, you know what? It's legit. That's right. And then lastly, I just want to touch on this Canadian trucker convoy. I don't know if y'all oh, have yeah. seen the images of like Canadian truckers who are like, you know, mm-hmm. moving along in this very, they say thousands of trucks long convoy to protest the vaccine mandates. <laughs> uh, they call it the freedom convoy. Oh, God. Yeah, uh-huh. it's exactly. And it started in Alberta, Canada, and has made its way across the country, and it ended on Friday, I believe, in Ottawa. And this has been a thing that the right-wing media has really, like, latched onto because they like the idea mm-hmm. that there are also, you know, ignorant people who are anti-science uh-huh. in Canada as well. That they're like, hey, look what's going on here. Donald Trump Jr. even, like, posted about it and was saying, like, that this is a genius idea, like, as he was, I guess, in between doing bumps of cocaine or something. Mm-hmm. But 
it I guess it was because they're standing up for medical freedom. Elon Musk even tweeted that Canadian truckers rule. Uh, following followed by a tweet that <laughs> said that CB radios are free from government and media control, like as if to like underline their cred. But I would just check the FCC website yeah. about that because there is something the mobility division. Never mind, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, they're not controlled. Just because you can scream shit out on anything you want on a CB radio doesn't mean that it's not it's not controlled. You, on some yeah. level. Um, and you know, again, the American media has been, especially the right-wing media, has been, like, amplifying this shit and the whole, like, fake narrative around it. Fox News, they're like, we got to get we gotta get a Canadian person's take on that. They basically were just figured, I guess all hockey players are probably Canadian, <laughs> like, and politicians. So they interviewed this former player, Theo Fleury, who claimed, uh, who's also, like, a COVID conspiracist, so he's perfect for this. He claimed the Ottawa protest would draw 50,000 trucks and 1.4 <laughs> million people. Mm-hmm. which doesn't track considering that about a half million more people like that's that's about a half million more people than the entire population of Ottawa but go off you know what i mean i get it y'all got support tucker carlson even had a whole segment saying that there's thousands of trucks you know like moving along the this this whole convoy and some have said that this is a guinness world record breaking truck convoy and that it's 50,000 trucks well a few people who are near it did some counting. Estimates are closer to the hundreds, not the <laughs> thousands or tens mm-hmm. of thousands as they need, because it's also about lying about how big your movement is. And even though the 50,000 number was like Snopes was like, nopes on that. Uh, and other people, like even local police departments were like actually counting and posting how many trucks and vehicles were part of it. it even number one asshole Joe Rogan was even saying, like, he's like, oh, man, like, look, they got $50,000. Like, the country is in revolt. But most truckers in Canada are like, this is such a small, pop, like, portion of our entire workforce, considering mm-hmm. that about be- between 85 and 90% of truckers are fully vaccinated in Canada. So, yeah, it, it, may, it stands to reason. What is this? And the deep, really stupid irony of it, of course, it is just a fundraising campaign for neo-Nazis like that, mm-hmm. of course, because everything is these days. Everything's mm-hmm. a fundraising campaign for neo-Nazis. Oh, yeah. There's always money involved. There's no yeah. real activism involved. Right. In it, right. It's always money. But like their their complaint is, is that the Canadian truckers have to show a vaccine proof of vaccination to enter the United States. And and back again. Mm-hmm. But like the United States also has that requirement. Right. So, so it, it's not like if you Canada stopped way. it, they right. still wouldn't have to show a vaccine. They because when they get to America, they have to show a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's literally protesting nothing. Well, okay, but <laughs> duh, duh, no, 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 you're you're you're, you're <laughs> saying too much real stuff out loud. Okay, that's the cover because, as you said, yeah. it is just a neo-Nazi parade. Crowds of like these like supporters that have been cheering, they're like waving Proud Boy flags, like they're going off to war or some shit. Other people like who've just like anecdotally snapped pictures of people in the convoy, like in Ottawa, they were flying like Confederate flags off of their trucks. And, you know, a lot of like there's an extreme right neo-Nazi group who's like urging the protest to, quote, turn this into Canada's very own January 6th. Mm. And it's not just the random supporters. The convoy itself has been organized and managed by people with connections to these like extremist groups like the Yellow Vests. They're a right wing group that wants like Western Canada to separate from the Western, like the West, the rest of the country. And they fucking have raised 
over six million dollars on GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, of course they did. Luckily, there's too many questions about the like, who is? How are y'all using this? They're like, it's for food and lodging. (laughs) They're like six million dollars, fam. We like so GoFundMe. They're like, we will release a million of it. But the, if you're looking for the other five, you actually need to show like where this money's going because it looks and stinks like a Nazi grift, which ding, ding, ding. Uh, it seems like it is. But the other thing is that the pre- person who launched this whole campaign is not even a trucker. She was part of this group called Wexit that was essentially saying they wanted Western Canada to join Donald Trump's America. Mm. And of oh, course, yes. everybody's just loving, loving the proximity. Famously conservative Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) One of the last places to legalize cannabis on Earth. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's again, this is all part of, you know, this like they're finding their they're finding their kindred spirits across the border and saying, like, yes, maybe we can we can Mm -hmm. do something here and make our both of our countries even worse. But, yeah, it's just wild to see that this is like a a fundraising thing for a growing alt-right movement uh, in Canada. I just want these guys to stop overpromising. Like mm. a couple hundred is a good number, y'all. You do not have to yeah. be out here saying thousands showed up. 50, You're going to be proved every like you're obviously going to be proven wrong because there's people out there. This is all they do for a living. Mm-hmm. They're like, what were the numbers for this event? It's important to track. Other than that, like I I don't know. It's having seen a, many a parade with a Confederate flag waving. I'm just glad we've entered an era officially where we can be like, yo, no, that flag is just straight up racist. It's just straight like up. Like we've removed yeah. it off the we've removed it off the state flags now. So, you know, he, we lost the war pretty officially. Hopefully we can all just move on and just acknowledge what is happening and be like, no, that's just Nazis doing their right. Nazi thing. Hey, but not my car, General Lee. There you go. <laughs> might see this this time I was doing stand-up in Pennsylvania, Union State, mm-hmm. Central Pennsylvania, Allegheny Mountains. I was on this. I, I was opening for a conservative comedian. I don't know how my life got to this point. <laughs> oh my god! I am. I I am a I am a very leftist trans woman stand-up comedian. Originally, got started in Brooklyn. Now I live in L.A. Somehow or other, I got hooked. I got connected with this guy. He wanted an opener, and I somehow I got picked. He was fine. He was uh-huh. he was he was he was more of like a Long Island conservative, just a little bit of an asshole, but didn't, oh, right. didn't diet not right racist. hate people. Yeah, like a diet racist, exactly. Right. But we go and we do this show at a bar in like Allegheny, Pennsylvania, and there's a Confederate flag on uh, yeah, in, in the bar. Hmm. And I'm like and I get up and I'm like I'm like, guys, what's what's the Confederate flag? <laughs> Hey y'all oh. know what this y'all know what this place was I mean, back this then? Is, <laughs> you know, this is Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah this, this didn't exist there. They, yeah, they love they love their hate symbols. You know, they you love it. No it's, other reason for that to have that. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, it's it, everything is just a, a sad, sad grift. Like like we're saying, there's never it's never like a real earnest campaign to help people. And if if it is helping someone, it's just the organizers become mm-hmm. somewhat just a little bit more wealthy. But nah. Okay, well, good luck to the Canadians with that. Uh, Gina, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Where can people find you, follow you? I know you have a show for all the locals out here in Los Angeles. You have a show, Fun Town, at the Lyric Hyperion, but uh, I'll I'll let you you love all that. Yeah, Uh, that's a monthly. We're starting, it's going to be February 10th, and then again on March 10th, and then we're going to figure out the dates after that. 
first shows with Lori Kilmartin and a bunch of other really, really funny people. If you're in LA, you can also see me. I, do, I, mean, I hit the improv a lot doing my usual comedy rounds. I actually tour all over California. So you might see me in big cities like Modesto. Recently Ooh. played there. Ooh, okay. The big that time. Was Cowtown. Yeah. Otherwise, you can find me on social media at Gina Bloom. And that is J E E N A B L O O M. And that's everywhere. TikTok, that is Twitter, that is Instagram. What kind of TikToks you posting? Are you just lurking on there? I'm lurking right now. Mm-hmm. I have I have plans. Thing is, I don't want to do like I got a lot of friends that are on they're in comedy. They do TikTok, they're doing like jokes. They're just, you know, telling their lives. That's cool. I have some ideas for TikToks that I want to make. I just haven't had the energy to get them out there. I just want to do something that's maybe a little bit different than what other people have been doing. I just right. I don't want to contribute more of the same. That's the curse of our generation on TikTok. Yeah. It's like, well, let me think about what I'm going to contribute to this. Whereas like yeah. most young people are like, what's the challenge? Here we go. Yeah, here we Terrible go. Terrible editing. Yeah. Don't give a fuck. Millions of right. views. You're like, what the fuck, man? Here's, I used to here's fucking, my cat. Yeah. I spent six days on a YouTube video when I was your age. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to gotta think. We got we to gotta plan. We can't, we, we can't just, you know, Too much self-editing in our heads. It's bad. Too much. It's not our fault. It's inherent in the children. It's inherent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gina, what is a, a, you have a a tweet or other uh, social media post that you want to give a shout out to that you liked? I, this, this came out yesterday. I don't remember who was the original poster, but it is saved in, in my Twitter feed. There was a wonderful Photoshop of Che Diaz, the character from the Sex and the City reboot Mm -hmm. of their of their fictional Netflix special. It was called A Breath of Fresh There. And it was beautiful. I love it. And also, I'm going to say, Jay Diaz, kind of underrated as a representation of the queer comedy community because they are irritating and they do not shut up about <laughs> about themselves, which is the queer comedy community in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite queer discourse happening in the streets right now is like... The Jay Diaz stuff. Do, right, right. Is it... I listened to a podcast the other day and I won't call them out, but they're queer podcasters and they were like, we're not that annoyed. And they're comedians. They're like, I don't feel this is an accurate representation of us. Uh, No, no. We're cool. It's the writers that are the problem. (laughs) No. It's very accurate. Everything else is inaccurate. People's reaction to Che Diaz is inaccurate. Che Diaz themselves, very accurate. Right. The real Che Diaz would be like, the people would be like, who, who is this moron? Which is what happens to real queer comedians. Jay Diaz, in and of, in and of themselves, hyper-accurate, underrated, documentary precision of the queer comedy community. What was the tweet that you posted, Gina? Something like, Che Diaz's full name is like, Che Diazepam or something? Yeah, Che, oh che Diazepam, God. yeah. <laughs> That's just so funny. Then I had, I, I mean... I. I love me some Che discourse. I, I had this other yeah. one earlier was like the one realistic part about the new sex in the city is that the non-binary podcaster won't stop telling everybody that they're a non-binary podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out MB pos- podcasters across the world. That's right. Uh, Joelle, thank you for, you know, helping yeah. me write this ship uh, mm-hmm. as we sailed off into the podcasting waters. Where can people find you and follow you and, and hit us with some tweets you like? Yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. So here's some tweets I've been liking. 
at solo do low. It's spelled the French way. There are some X's in there. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of the worst date I ever had. Probably that dude that yelled out at Fogo, hey nigga, bring that meat back over here. But you gotta crawl under the table after that. Yo, you can't be seen with the That's so wild. Again. I had a homie grab the guy by the wrist once. Oh hell no. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, bruh, this okay. Just chill. We don't grab waiters. Okay. I'm like, we gotta, we're trying to look nice in here. Don't be grabbing these people. <laughs> Bring that meat back here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, at Mr. Salt said, I'm a leftist public school teacher, and if I could indoctrinate your children, they would wear deodorant and stay off their phone during class. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Love it. So I really appreciate it. And finally, oh, from Jamie Girac, whose Twitter handle is at Jamie Cinematics tweeted black chrysanthemum could eat baby yoda and i would still love them and i agree mm. shout out to everybody who's mm-hmm. watching book of boba fett black chrysanthemum is my new favorite character i need more of him mm. there's a black wookie y'all that's the greatest thing to ever happen oh that's the one who was rolling with the twins yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i just yeah. saw the episode where uh they just beat the they like you tried to come through to murk them and uh-oh. that fight was good. That was, that was a, good, a good ass fight, yo. And it felt like you, you actually saw like Wookie strength in that fight, right? Where it's yeah, like, oh, you want to get fucking tossed? You want to get rag? I'm a fucking Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I felt that. I'm I'm still like on. I'm still behind though. I feel you. I feel. Anyway, oh yeah, let's let's do some tweets that I like. Uh, first one is from Asher Perlman at Asher Perlman tweeted. There is no one I have less in common with than the me who wrote my Facebook statuses circa 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Absolutely true. Yes, Absolutely. indeed. Yeah. That's it. For, for those of us that are old enough to for that to be like a very different person. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I changed an entire whole ass gender between those years. I can't <laughs> right, even imagine right. what 2008 <laughs> me was saying. Some girl was in her her hoe phase and she had tweeted out a bunch of her Facebook comments. She was like, why was I so horny all the goddamn time? And it's always like, going out to eat, get ready, sluts. And it was just like, what? Wild. <laughs> what's happening? Hey, what's the best deep dish pizza, hoes? All right. <laughs> Second one is from uh, Chris Stevens at Chris Stevens MD tweeted, uh, when I was 18, my grandma came to see me at an open mic and the host pointed at her and, and went, yo, why the fuck is Eleanor Roosevelt here? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure that feels like something that will fuck with you with your first open mic. Finally, at Brody Gupta tweeted, Winnie the Pooh, you know the fucking deal with honey by now. Get a spoon. And yes, why are you just taking big old pawfuls? There you go. Of, of, of He's a messy little bear. I know. I'm Don't like, take away the cutest factor of Winnie the Pooh. That then he doesn't wear pants. He's just out here like, ooh, so, nasty. so cute. Probably sticky as shit. You go to his cave where he lives, where the fuck mm-hmm. he lives. You're like, bro, everything is all fucking sticky in here. Fuck. Probably why he doesn't wear pants because they just got sticky. He's like, yeah. Oh no. You can find me uh, at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram, and also if you like trash reality show, check out 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexander and I. Uh, I'm going to be out the next two weeks taking a little trip. But uh, if you tune in this week, Ashley Ray will actually be uh, guesting with Sophia to talk 90 Day. And I don't know anyone better to be talking 90 Day than Ashley Ray. It's a good pick. Yeah, it's a good, real good pick. Strong, strong pick. Mm. Uh, you can find us at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Thank you. Daily Zeitgeist also, it's a production of iHeartRadio. So for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Now, before you go, 
let's tell you a song that we're gonna ride out on i want to do this track called satellite which is from the insecure soundtrack but it's a thundercat track with radio lewis cole and genevieve artati and you're i mean lewis cole is an amazing musician if you don't know lewis cole look into lewis cole really talented uh, but this track is called satellite and you already know it's gonna be a wonderful sonic experience with great vocals great bass playing and great rhythm section so uh, i guess that's it for today we'll be back with what's trending in the afternoon and until then we will talk to y'all later all right bye, bye.